1: KCBS radio original podcasts.
2: When you see a tree, when you see the treetops, you know, the treetops could be MC Hammer, Too Short, E40, and others. Those are the treetops. And we love and respect the treetops. It's a beautiful thing. But when you look at a tree, there's also branches and leaves and a trunk and roots. And sometimes As we look at the treetops, we forget that it's a whole tree.
3: For 50 years, the world has been captivated, enamored, bewitched by hip hop and those who have mastered the craft. The cadence of rap's flows, the twists and turns and handstands of break dancers, the often misunderstood graffiti art decorating city skylines, the chops and screws of a DJ's digits on vinyl. It wasn't always this way though, the reverence of the genre that is especially from the commercial lens and those who didn't identify with it. In hip-hop's early days, there were only a handful of stations and publications that would cover it in all of its intricacies and complexities with roots in both pain and joy. Now, across the country and the globe, we celebrate its inception, a date and a point of origin that actually go way back, further than any official birth certificate can convey. And here in the Bay Area, where the music is just as diverse as the landscape of our hills, people, and cities, one archivist has taken it upon himself to honor those who have contributed to the culture, either directly or by proxy, with the Bay Area Hip Hop Archives. From KCBS Radio in San Francisco, I'm Mallory Somera, and this is Bay Current.
2: Are we talking about uh trees if we talk about a garden the funk tree is right next to the hip-hop tree and it's coming from the same soil you know trees so, are
3: networks. so
2: you know and and you know what the beautiful thing about trees is that they provide oxygen which is life which is life
3: in this episode i head to the star-studded ceremony to celebrate hip-hop 50 and the bay area hip-hop archives at the oakland museum of california I also sat down with the Bay Area hip-hop archivist himself.
2: Peace and respect, Bay Area hip-hop community. This is Jahi, the founder and curator of the Bay Area hip-hop archives. Salute and respect. Thank you for this time. Hip-hop forever.
3: I also got to speak with one of the inductees for this year's Bay Area hip-hop archives.
4: My name is Davey D, or Dave Cook, uh, a professor over at SF State radio host, and guy who loves hip-hop.
3: We talk about what makes Bay Area hip-hop, how diaspora and community lay the foundation for the genre, and what's in store for the future. But
5: if you are a 2023 inductee, please make your way to your seat. I see a few. Ross Ceylon is in the house. I see DJ True Justice still looking around. I need him to come have a seat. I see Media Circus.
3: The Bay Area Hip Hop Archives is the first of its kind. Here's Jahi.
2: The Bay Area Hip Hop Archive induction is the opportunity for the world and for us to be able to see that we are a part of this tree. I might just be a leaf on a branch, but I'm a part of this tree and I matter and I'm important. And my contributions, 20 years or more, matter and is worthy to be preserved.
3: I guess that makes Bay Area the soil, right?
2: Man, and the Bay Area soil from which things grow. And the way we have watered hip hop culture is with our love, our self-determination, our grit, our ability not to give up, and most importantly tonight, our ability to be able to come together as a community to celebrate us.
3: I spoke with Jahi the morning of the Bay Area Hip Hop Archives ceremony. Aptly scheduled for August 11th, 2023, the official 50th anniversary of hip hop. Every Friday in August, the Oakland Museum of California is celebrating Hip Hop 50 with odes of different elements to the roots and branches of the genre, Jahi spinning vinyl every week. On the first Friday, Jahi spun Afrobeats. On the night of the ceremony, he got into reggae, breakbeats, and classic hip hop. Well, before 1992,
2: hip hop culture is a part of an ancient continuum. Um, it started on the African continent and went through Central South America down into Jamaica. DJ Cool Herc brought it up to New York City, but we also know that there was popping and locking and graffiti art and and various aspects of hip hop culture happening in the Bay um, and in Oakland and Richmond and Vallejo and San Francisco before August 11th, 1973. So it's symbolic that we are saying it's today's, uh, today is hip hop's birthday. Uh, and, I, and I would hope today that we don't debate uh, about, you know, actual birth certificates for hip hop because uh, uh, th- because if we really don't need to. It is a great uh, opportunity for us around the world to say that we are part of something. We are a part of a culture. We are a part of a community. Uh, hip-hop started in the community. It didn't start, even though we celebrate tonight at the Oakland Museum of California from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. and I'm spinning vinyl and Davy D is spinning and we're inducting over 55 people into the archives. Uh, hip-hop didn't start in, commu- in, in museums or libraries or schools. Started in the community. It's a community thing and um, I am happy that we have not let the argument about the actual date in the flyer get in the way of us celebrating us because we need and we deserve to be celebrated because we are a part of a beautiful culture.
3: Hip-hop is the true spirit of DIY, doing it yourself, especially here in the Bay Area. It doesn't have the same commercial scene as LA or New York, so creating here, people don't always have to play by the rules. The same way in that it was uh, what we know is hip hop, right? What we what we call hip hop, it being born out of a party, something that people did themselves. You fast forward and you talk about people selling tapes and CDs out of their trunks, you know, creating a venue for themselves to distribute the music. And then you fast forward even more and you look at someone like LaRussell who is making it happen for himself in his backyard, with his hometown hero residency, you know, just that like DIY independent spirit. Yes, it is. That is v- a very Bay Area thing, but that has always been at the heart of, of hip hop as well as community and doing it yourself.
2: Well, you are absolutely right. And uh, normally I'm super humble, but today I'm going I'm to I'm still be humble, but respectful and let people know that um, nobody told me to create the Bay Area Hip Hop Archives. Hip hop did hip-hop did. I am the founder and the creator of the Bay Area Hip-Hop Archives to bring our community together. In addition, the venue is the Oakland Museum of California, but hip-hop was not on the radar of any museum to celebrate us. And I move with the spirit of hip-hop that says, we don't wait for people to tell us or validate us or give us what we need to be able to do. We make a way out of no way. There's nothing more hip-hop than that. (laughs) You know, to be able to say that uh, we're saluting ourselves. We're giving props to ourselves. We are creating special collections for ourselves because at our best, we may not be here for the 100th anniversary of hip-hop. But I'm going to make sure that Bay Area hip-hop artists, activists, educators, and culture keepers have special collections that are protected inside of libraries and museums in California so people know that we were here, they know our contributions, they know the power of community, and then future generations, no matter how this world looks, can continue on for freedom, justice, and equality, and creative expression.
4: So there's a certain amount of creativity, which also is the flip side of innovation. Um, there's a certain amount of, I will do it my damn self. I'm not waiting for the cavalry to come. So there's an independent streak. And you can kind of walk around the country and see that there are certain places that have this independent streak.
3: Like the late Vallejo rapper Mac Dre once rapped, in the Bay Area, we dance a little different. I think anyone who grew up listening to Bay Area hip hop has that independent streak, that anti-spirit I think of that when I reminisce about the days my cousins used to drop me off at school, blasting Tupac in front of the principal's office, or being a senior in high school in Vallejo when Mac Dre died, bearing witness to the eruption of the hyphy movement, making sure that at that time, when I was 18, 19, 20, anywhere I went in the country or the world, I had to stick out in the club like a sore thumb, doing the thiz face and a crowd that's wary of my unfamiliar and kind of silly energy. A concept I brought up to both Davey D and Jahi was the element of liberation and of character. Artists like Too Short and G of Digital Underground have created characters to tell stories in the fashion of creative nonfiction and caricature. I mean, check out all of the TV shows and movies set in and made in the Bay. Especially the ones brought to you by local rappers, whether it's Boots Riley, sorry to bother you, and I'm a Virgo, or Raphael Casal and David Diggs' Blind Spotting. So much of it, political commentary dressed up as flamboyant, vibrant, boundaryless
4: expression. At the core of hip hop is creativity, and the people that you just named, I think, have exercised that creativity. You know, digital, especially forty. They all found a character, but at the same time, within the Bay Area, you have Hiro in Living Legends, and Zion I, you know, rest in peace, Zumbi, right. So you have people that were you have people that were dedicated to executing the craft at the highest degree of excellence, right? Can I be a good rhymer? Can I be a good DJ? So your shortcuts and your cuberts and your positively reds and your you know, the late Pam, the functious and other, these are people that were top of their field, not just here, but around the country and even around the world in what they did. And so I think when you look at hip hop, you have to maybe view it from the standpoint that it's going to be a direct reflection of the people and communities that embrace it. And every community we were talking about the bay, have a, have a characteristic about it that's going to be different. You come to the bay, there's a, there's a rhythm, there's a a way in which we do things, there's a attitude. Dance a little different. <laughs> right. It's a little different than, say, New yeah. York, right? Yeah. Um, we drive cars, you're on the subway, right? We're a little bit more spread out, you're all crunched in. Um, here, the bay prides itself on... It's multiculturalism, right? So New York, it tends to be very segregated, right? Much more than people would, would realize. And so when you are here, I think the cast of characters that you described reflect the diversity of the Bay. You have a two short who can reflect pimp culture, whether he's directly a part of it or not. And there's no denying, you know, that's, that's had a presence here but at the same time you have paris and you have boots from the coup right and i'm going to say those two names because they ideologically have different political takes on things paris modeling himself after the panthers and after um the nation of islam and boots being you know modeling himself around you know anti-capitalism and you know, some people might say communism. I don't know if he would put himself in that, but they're, they're, they're political, but they're different political stripes, right? Then you may have somebody, and we're just talking about rappers, right? So, you know. Yeah, and that's just rap. It, right? <laughs> so you may have the artists that are going to have their viewpoints reflected in their craft, maybe a roof for one. You know, very political, very pan Africanist, you know, very Afrocentric, might have a slightly different take than somebody like Spy, right? Um, You know, who's also political in his own right. So I think the Bay has so many layers and levels, and that's good, and so many crevices that you can explore. Like, I can go to an event in the Bay. And we're not talking about recent. I'm saying, you know, because recent, I think this applies all over. But I'm saying early on, I could go and be in an all-Filipino crowd. I'm not, I'm not talking like a few. I'm talking about, you know, a few hundred and it just being a hip hop. And I'm not, you know, like really into it. And then you could leave and go right across town and it'd be an all black setting. And then go down the street, it'd be an all Latino setting, right? And Or go up into, you know, Pataluma or something and see hundreds of white kids all into this music and this culture, you know, and maybe having a slightly different take on it and a slightly different twist.
3: This freedom, this twist, it's partially what gave birth to the hyphen movement of the mid 2000s. After Mac Dre's death, all eyes were on the Bay Area, a movement, a style, a party scene spurred from trauma and just trying to make the most out of life. The sound exploded out of speakers across the country as rappers channeled both their frustrations and creativity into hyper-regional music that rattled trunks and gave us homegrown lyrics we could shout at each other at parties and clubs. Artists like Too Short, The Pack, E40, Federation, Keek The Sneak, and Mr. Fab soaked up the moment with their songs, helping put other pioneers on the map for the rest of the country, too.
4: So what you had was I think people said, let's come together and let's act like Voltron and try to <laughs> push our way into, you know, into another level. Right. And so it's not by accident that E40 he does um, tell me when to go. He's not from Oakland. He's not a part of the hyphy feed movement, but he's the ambassador of the Bay. Mm-hmm. And he very wisely is like, I'm going to use my platform. I'm going to bring attention to this. And I'm going to put Keek the Sneak, who's really is part of this hyphy thing on the song. Right. Yeah. So, so, you know, you're getting a little taste from me, but you can go knee deep with this guy here. Right. Yeah. That was and not only that,
3: like recruit, someone very well known, right? Like Lil John to produce the album, like right. Someone from the south to add their, like you said, it was like Voltron. It was like everyone coming together to sort of elevate right. or
4: yeah but just remember like that's, put the Bay But that, was, but, that was, but that was a re- repayment. Because remember mm. too short had gone to Atlanta. That's right. Picked up all that and he's the one that puts the little Johns and everybody on the map. He got right. famous
3: in the in the strip yeah. clubs and his music right. there, right? Yeah. yeah. Speaking of enlisting help from other places, I brought up diaspora because hip-hop would not be what it is without the history of immigration, migration, and movement.
2: That I have been hip-hop since 1981, run DMC and Jam Master J. Not only did they let me know that there was something happening that I could be a part of, And that I could use my voice because I always like words and like to, you know, write poems and things like that. Not only did it provide me that place, it also shaped my identity. 1981, East Cleveland, Ohio is where I'm from. Block parties, uh, DJs, hip hop on the radio. You know, so that's my that's my origin story in terms of how I understood that I am hip hop. I recognized that in 1981. Uh, I'll hop around, you know, uh, 1989 from 1992. Uh, I lived outside the United States. I lived in in Jamaica. My dad was in Jamaica and he gave me the greatest education ever. And I was in, Kool Herc comes out of Jamaica into New York City. And I was in Jamaica checking out sound systems, learning roots and culture with Rastafarians in the hills, not in a book, but firsthand primary source and that cultural understanding and groundation is everything so i really you know r.i.p to my dad and it, i'd be remiss if i didn't salute him um, because he really helped solidify the cultural aspect of my hip-hop journey and then man 2001 i just posted the day on instagram you know my journey for uh the bay it's interesting you uh interview davy d i'll tell you a story the yellow baker center for human rights in 2001 was doing an event with hip-hop activism they had hip-hop artists performing at fell park in san francisco promoting the end of youth prisons and i had a, my first album uh higher elevation had a song power moves 2000 somehow that cd made it to rasputin records in berkeley and somehow David d bought that cd and somehow he started playing power moves 2000 on kpfa (laughs) and somehow tony coleman r.i.p my my brother got word of it and said we should invite this brother out to the west coast they flew me out Mm -hmm. i landed in oakland i felt at home they picked me up and you know what they did the first thing they did was put me in the car Took me to KPFA, and the first words I heard <laughs> is hard knock radio with David D in the studio with this brother Jahi. And that is the beginning of my journey here in the Bay.
3: I mean, that's incredible. And, you know, this um theme that I noticed. I mean, of course, there are plenty of artists who are, you know, who were born and raised in the Bay Area. You got someone like E40, right? Who's born and raised from, you know, Vallejo. I'm from Vallejo, like grew up listening in 40. Um, And then you have folks like, you have someone like Too Short, who is actually originally from LA. You got someone like uh, Boots Riley, who is from Chicago, right? He comes here, he stays. Same with Davey D. Um, You know, he comes here from the East Coast. You have someone like Tupac comes here from the from the East Coast, you know, Baltimore, New York, you know, eventually finds his way to Oakland and credits Oakland for like his game, his success and everything. Right. And you have someone like yourself who comes here and, and stays. There is, what is this like magnetism to the Bay Area? What is it about here that you think fosters that creativity and that like hip hop spirit?
2: That's a great question. And Vallejo, uh, let me first, first and foremost, shout out my Queen sugar tea, hopefully this I will sugar see tea. you tonight. absolutely. Um, that is such a great question because it's love it, it, you know i'm gonna I'm gonna center that question in love. There's mm-hmm. something about this place, Oakland, that if you have an independent hustle, if you are committed and dedicated to this culture, then this place can provide an opportunity for you. You know, uh, I have to say, you know, a lot, you know, I got beat up a little bit about the Bay Area hip hop archives because I, because of the very point that you just brought up, Oh, he ain't from the town. Well, here's the Mm -hmm. truth. I have lived in Oakland, California, more than I've lived anywhere else in my life, including East Cleveland, Ohio, where I'm from.
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So
2: for me, Oakland is home and, the three things that really also come to mind about what it is about this place. Number one, it's the people in the community. It's a community thing. That's number one. Two was the activism. You know, I come from three and four generations of activists in our community and the activist community uh, centered in hip hop that do for self. Uh, we going to ride, we going to support, we going to fight for freedom, justice, and equality. It's in the fabric of, oakland california and the bay area Mm -hmm. and number three it's just you know i don't want to give away any of my speech tonight but i will say this that the bay area oakland in particular but the bay area overall it just has some of the greatest human beings on planet earth living here so however we have arrived this you know I mean, I can get into the nature, <laughs> the weather, uh, you yeah. know, all of those. <laughs> things, but it's just an energy and a spirit that's in the soil and the fabric of this place. And once it touches you in your heart and soul, you're home. You know, people talk about the diversity of the people. It's also the diversity of the experience of what you can have. And, and I think it's something about that that Bay Breeze that that is is uh, metaphysical.
3: And, you know, speaking of, you talk about this, um, you know, always oh, not from the Bay, but I mean, everywhere, I'm, there's diaspora everywhere, like, and hip hop wouldn't be what it is. Bay Area hip hop wouldn't be what it is without people coming from elsewhere.
2: That's right. You know, and that, that is very true. That is very true.
3: All the folks who came here from the South, right, to find work. And that is how we also helped develop the bay area sound that's how we helped develop hyphy too was that influence from our our you know ancestors and our families who came here from other places and it informed the the diction the dialect and you know helped inform the slang and and the music and the sounds too right
2: oh man very true you know A lot of times when people talk about the Great Migration, they talk about the 5 million people who went from the South to the North. But the conversation that we have to make sure we include is the 1 million people that moved from the South to California, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, uh, even Oklahoma and places like that. And it really shows our ancient, it really shows again what I said earlier about hip hop being a part of an ancient continuum. I'll give you an example. Um, there were more people from Louisiana that migrated and ended up being in places like Marin city because of the shipyards looking for work and, and their ancestors that were in Louisiana actually came from the Congo and the Congo is known for metallurgy, working with metalwork. So there was always a question. Why was it that once, uh, a Philip Randolph was able to press FDR to say, you got to provide opportunities for black folks to work during wartime World War II they always wanted to know how is it that black folks just ex- black and brown folks excelled at welding and things like that well the answer is is that their ancestors three thousand years ago was doing metal work so that interconnectedness um you know that migration set you know and and folks not returning back to the south that was the other thing is that you know people were weren't just coming looking for uh better opportunities they also were escaping terrorism as well too that was happening in the south and and we can't pretend like california was a utopia because sometimes i it's places like Alabama, because you know there is some you know jim crow was here in california too but we survived and, and and we survived and we thrived and you mentioned something about the dialect yeah the language the tone the energy you know, when you see turf dancing in 2023, you know, you see that inner, you see that body movement, that interconnectedness that really is essentially us, you know, so that the, the diaspora community that's here, you know, um, really has, you know, if this was a painting, you know, it is what makes this place colorful.
0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.
3: I brought up Mac Dre's death earlier in this episode and it's one that sticks out to me. It created a cultural shift. Nothing sounded the same from that day forward, at least to me and my generation. So I asked Davey D about what he remembers about being a radio DJ at that time.
4: It was a moment in time and it's something that I think people from your generation in particular are going to cherish. Like You're going to sit back and be like, and back at them, I remember these things. I remember when Mac Dre passed, yeah. right? But my generation's going to be, I remember when Pac passed, right? Ten yeah. years earlier. So yeah. I remember people crying in the streets. I remember hearing his song being played on the radio, you know, um, where he's talking about being, is there a heaven for g or whatever the name of the mm-hmm. song was, right? I remember... Uh, Layla Steinberg being on the radio and reading his poems and people hearing it for the first time, right? So that stands out for people, and that's going to be a pivotal moment. Fast forward, you know, maybe 10 years later, you know, maybe a little bit more than 10 years later um, from Mac Dre's death to the death of Extensión, right? Yeah, I'm not paying attention to Extensión. Like, I, I've I don't even check for him, but my right. students came in there, shook up.
3: Right. My students
4: were touched. You yeah, know, my students had something to say. It's yeah. like, really? It's like, man, that dude, I need a moment, right? And then when hmm. Mac Miller passed, they needed a moment, right? Oh my god, yeah. There, you mm-hmm. know, so 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 the point I'm getting at is those generations had their heroes and sheros that spoke to them. And when those heroes and sheros did certain things. It it took on meaning that, you know, that's going to stick with you for the rest of your life.
3: It seems like 1973 was light years ago. So how has hip hop managed to continue to captivate and reinvent itself after all of these years? You went to UC Berkeley. You were very uh, involved in spreading the word about hip hop at a time when it wasn't a household word you know, before it. It was this thing that everyone around the world knew what it was. Um, I mean, things have changed so much since then. You've seen this genre. You've seen the art and all of its iterations go through all of its different venues at all these different points. You've seen it through its early phases. You've seen it through vinyl, the tape deck. CDs, Napster, the blog era, and now it's streaming. But the genre has persisted and found its way into different other genres and, you know, sort of like morphed into other things as well. I mean, that must be incredible to be there from its early days to what it is
4: now. I think music is constantly evolving in there. And with, with regards to hip hop, it's an open source type of scenario, meaning that if I rap, you're sitting there as Mallory gone, huh? I think I might want to do that too. I want to participate too. It draws in people to participate. Now if I was playing the piano, you might be like, <laughs> I don't have time to learn how to do that. Right. Um, if I was playing the trumpet, you'd be like, I admire that, but I can't, I can't. I'm not going to spend hours. But some of these other expressions, you, you'd you be like, yeah, you know what, uh, I might not be able to deliver, but I can write some rhymes. Right? Um, I can spend some time maybe working on a delivery so that I could do this. So it's within reach. And you don't have to go to um, school and, you know, take a lot of lessons and do that. It's just you challenging yourself. So I say that that when you're looking at this expression and it's open source and you look at the history of the oral tradition, which the, the emceeing or rapping part comes from, right? It's always been an involved communal type of thing, call and response, getting in the cipher, you know, um, ain't nobody just sitting this one out. We're all a part of it. It's kind of like church, you know, you just don't get to sing. We are all going to sing. Right? And the vibration's gonna rise and we're all going to feed off of that energy. So that's first and foremost. It's something that people can find their lane within it. The key to this in 2023 is to have that direct communication. Like I feel like I was at Russ, I was at La Russell's backyard party, you know, like that's something. It wasn't no velvet rope type of thing. No,
3: it, yeah, it was like, I mean, like, when I went to go interview him, I said hi to his mom and his two dogs in the living room before going to the backyard to interview him, you know? Like, it's like being at home, and I know at his residencies, he has food for everybody too, so it's such a memory. So
4: So compare that to the domination of concerts by a faceless entity like Ticketmaster Mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. bought the ticket, you got to pay extra for the fee, you know, then you got the markup because somehow that concert that you want to go to is bought, you know, sold out. So you got to go on the market. So a ticket that's a hundred bucks is now yeah. $1,500. And then when you get there, you know, you're in the cheap seats and, you know, and you're, you, you don't really get to see that artist. Yeah. Right. That artist didn't come to your, your school and talk to you, didn't show up at the local, you know, record store if they still have those. And definitely didn't show up at the backyard. Right. But LaRussell did.
3: Earlier this year, the Bay Area Hip Hop Archives made history. At the African-American Museum and Library of Oakland, or AMLO, the first-ever historical archive dedicated entirely to Bay Area hip-hop made its debut, honoring 15 inductees, artists, photographers, and iconic places alike. But on August 11, 2023, at the Oakland Museum of California, under the setting sun, just steps away from Lake Merritt, Jahi paid homage to over 50 people and organizations. Keba Conte, originally a photojournalist, turned renowned coffee roaster.
5: How many of y'all ever had a cup of Red Bay coffee before? This brother is way deeper than a cup of coffee, let me tell you. Check his Instagram page and look at all of the wonderful artists in the 90s that he shot their photos. Photojournalists are a part of our culture. Photojournalists are a part of our culture. 2023 inductee, give it up for Teba Conte. The first artist I ever photographed was Boost and the cool he's here. He he was
3: the late and respected piece. Zumbi yeah. games of Zion Eye, one of my first interviews as a radio DJ, like. 13 years ago, along with Conscious Daughters, I Am the Dreamer, DJ Kevy Kev, and of course... Please
5: make some noise for the one and only Boots Riley! Woo!
6: So, right now we're celebrating the Hall of Fame of Hip Hop in Oakland, but just a few feet over there in that building in the early 90s, the the City Council of Oakland banned Tupac from performing right there, as well as having a ban on all hip hop in Oakland for a couple years at least. So it's safe to look at things nostalgically. It can be safe to say those were the good old days, and they were. I had a lot of fun with a lot of people on my first shows. We we was doing shows in in. Uh, Warehouses, all that kind of stuff. But right now, back then, what we were trying to do, we were trying to reach out and touch the world. We we're trying to reach out and change the world. We want to make songs that people felt, songs that changed their life.
3: What's that common thread of of everyone who's getting inducted tonight?
2: Oh man, uh, hip hop culture is the common thread, and it's also an opportunity. Not just to celebrate rappers, you know. Sometimes we 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 real rap centric when we talk about hip hop. This is about hip hop artists, uh, hip hop activism, uh, the champions of hip hop. Active Erica Huggins, fifty years ago, was the principal of the Oakland Community School for the Black Panther Party, basically educating kids in the hood. That's hip hop. That's hip-hop. <laughs> And at the and, same, I mean,
3: the Black Panthers, like you know, inspired someone like Paris, right? Hey,
2: okay, so it, so now we got the Black Panther of hip hop, and then at the same time we got the streets represented with RBL Posse and San Quinn. The 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 Bay Area hip hop archives induction tonight is my thank you to hip hop, and is my thank you to the Bay Area, and it is also is a signal to say that we are not divided; we are united. That's why you see uh, K. Bacante and a Ray Love. That's why you see Dominique DePrima, home turf San Francisco and Chuck Johnson soul beat Oakland on the same bill. It was purposeful and intentional. Uh, that's why you see Pam the R.I.P. and Boots Riley because we want to make sure we tell the whole story of the coup and them individually.
3: If you Google Bay Area hip-hop history chances are David D's name comes up. He may be from the Bronx originally, but he's made his mark here as an activist, professor, radio DJ, and historian. In fact, David D's Hip Hop Corner has been considered to be one of the oldest and largest hip hop sites. And every day at 4 p.m., you can still catch him hosting Hard Knock Radio on KPFA. It's no wonder his interviews and his work are now digitized and will go down in history in the Bay Area Hip Hop Archives.
4: I have everybody's demo tape. I have years and years of history. i've I've recorded almost every radio show I've ever done, and to you know to get the process of that to start to be archived it's is great because there's a lot of history on there. You know, a lot of history. I have a show with um, George Clinton, Roger Trotman, and um, I think it might have had James Brown all on the same show. You see what I'm saying? Not gonna be able to do that again. I have I have a show where Paris just got back from um Cuba, where he met with Fidel Castro and sat down with Asada Shakur, but it's on the same show with LL Cool J, right? You know, I have a show, I have a show where Hillary Clinton comes on, same show with MC Ren. So, you know, these th- like the station doesn't have their archives anymore. KML lost a lot of their material. I have all those things. So that's important, you know, and to have those archived means that, you know, the richness of those moments, you know, at least from my perspective, you know, meaning the things that I recorded, you know, I didn't get a chance to record everybody's moments, but the ones that I have, I think are going to be important. You know, Mac Dre, when he gets back home, I have interviews with him. You, you see what I'm saying? So, those are all special, and that's just me. That's not talking about what Kevin Kev has, right? When he has all the members of Wu Tang, you know, you know, freestyling and playing chess at Stanford, right? That's not what Dominique De Prima has with all her home turf shows and tapes, right? You know, all that history, which is our history, um, is in the process of being archived, you know, so that we can have generational. You know, um, they talk about generational wealth, but there's also generational wisdom and generational culture that's intact. And I think that's important. So everybody that's coming in, you know, there's a lot of wisdom and a lot of of stuff that everybody collectively has contributed. That's, That's a big deal. That shouldn't be taken for granted. I think the essence of hip hop, which is to really be an oasis for people who don't have, you know, an oasis for people who have been left out, an oasis for people whose voices have been silenced and um, and to give people a path for, you know, for relief from, you know, societal oppression. And, and that's what I think um, that that can be the most exciting thing about hip hop to see who's going to take up that mantle to the next level.
3: You'll want to visit davyd.com, D A V E Y D.com, to learn more about him and his work throughout the years. And make sure to follow Bay Area Hip Hop Archives on Instagram to keep up with future inductions, which will continue to roll out over the next several years. And stay tuned because the Bay Area Hip Hop Archives is announcing a new home soon.
2: And we do have one collection, Davy D's collection, which has just been digitized. Uh, with the team at the African-American Museum and Library. And that will be the only collection at AMLO because we are moving. I can't tell you where just yet because we are finalizing the paperwork, but we salute AMLO for our start. But the Bay Area Hip Hop Archives is like a, you know, it's like a new baby. And, you know, as a parent, you buy all the baby clothes thinking that you're going to, that's going to wear these clothes. And then you look up and the baby is, has, has, is is already uh, bigger than the baby clothes. and and that's, and that's where we are in terms of this archive. What I can tell you is that the Bay Area Hip Hop Archives will live in the Bay Area. It will be inside the library system and look for a very special announcement coming in the next few weeks and months about our new home. But most importantly, we already have our home because we have our community.
3: Bay Current is a production of KCBS Radio. I'm Mallory Somera. Special thanks to Jahi, Davey D, and the Oakland Museum of California for honoring the hip-hop culture here at the Bay Area. Because, to be honest, I wouldn't be where I am today, hosting Bay Current without Bay Area hip-hop in my history. You can hear my interview with 102 Jam's DJ, the iconic Chewy Gomez, about the role of Bay Area radio in the evolution of hip-hop as well as other Bay Current episodes, including my interview with LaRussell about his hometown Hero Residency concerts, by subscribing to Bay Current on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts.